Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278 or listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and a welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the professional black woman. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women of color, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to inspire and encourage you, the listener, and second, we must edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and I want to say a very happy Monday to you. Today is May the 2nd, 2011, and I hope you are as excited about your future as I am because, trust me, it is extremely bright. And, you know, we are here every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So do us a huge favor and spread the word. Now, my goodness, we are already almost halfway through the year. I trust you are using this information that we're sharing here every week and maximizing your life, taking the time truly to make it happen because time does not wait for anyone. We can see that by this already being in May. That's why I say whatever it is, got to do it now. Act on it. Take action. You know, often we spend a lot of time stalling, trying to delay the pain of rejection, and, and it's just the plain old fear that really gets in the way. And trust me, I do know about fear. A lot of people think we don't, but I do. The difference is we just keep it moving. You know, it's great to ask questions because oftentimes we don't ask enough, but sometimes we use asking questions questions as an excuse of delaying. You know, you hear those people who say, I got to get it all together. I got to get my research. Well, let me let you know something. You know, you won't have all the answers to everything when you get started. And the news flash is the answers that we have, oftentimes we find out they're not the right ones. So the only way you can really, really know is once you get started, all your experience will dictate what you need to know. So here is my spiel today. Just do it like Nike says. Just do it. Now, today I am so excited about our show. It is a very special show, as they all are. And I know I say this every week, but it's the truth because we are so blessed to have such an amazing, amazing, Amazing amount of guests that come on our show every week. But before we get into the show, I want to pause and pay honor, honor and tribute to all the men and women who serve our country in the armed forces, in the intel agencies, and to their families for their incredible sacrifice. Now, I've learned a lot living in the D.C., Maryland area, and I have a greater appreciation for the military military and the special intel agencies, the spies, people who we don't even know. This is not about politics. It's not about that because these men and women, they go and do what they are told to do for what and the reasons they're told to do. So we just want to pay respect to them right now because there's people out there, like I said, we don't know their names, we don't know their faces, but they do jobs every day, risking their lives, missing a lot of things we take for granted, like birthdays of their children or family members. They can't plan major events because they're gone somewhere, you know, or having to lie about their whereabouts because of their type of job that they're in and pulling disappearing acts and having to do only God knows what in the name of protecting our civil liberties and our rights to do free enterprise. So if you will, just join me for a few moments, and we want to take this moment to pause and say thank you in a moment of silence. Thank you for taking the time to honor our men and women that serve us 
It's all about them. Not talking about the politics, but it's all about the real people, the faces that we know and those that we don't. So thank you. Now, let's move into our show. I've got a question for you. Do you ever feel like, you know, you're just about to hit your mark and the mark moves <laughs> or you're one day late or you come close and that saying, but no cigar? You have all the skills, you know what you're doing, but still something is not connecting or clicking? Well, our guest today knows how to help us. Everything she says starts from within, and that's what Miss Jamila Franklin's who is a certified holistic wellness expert, has to share with us today. So you know what I need you to do right now. Go and call everyone, tweet them, text them, page them, Facebook them. Let them know to dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. Or they can listen live to us right now at Wealthy Sisters. S-I-S-T-A-S dot com, WealthySisters dot com. And we also want to remind you that you can listen to this show. If you have to step away from your desk and come back, you can come right back to WealthySisters dot com, listen to it. You can follow us, and you can also download our shows on iTunes as well. Now, let's find out who this phenomenal Miss Jamila Franklin is. She is an accomplished holistic psychotherapist, a certified aromatherapist, a a certified Reiki master, metaphysician, metaph- metaphysician. Uh, she's a reflexologist, an energy medicine practitioner, and author. Ms. Franklin brings a wealth of experience and training to her current private practice in holistic health. Having completed, this is I love, her undergraduate education at Cornell University, she pursued a master's degree in educational administration at Harvard and a master's degree in counseling at Leslie University. She's currently pursuing her Ph.D. in holistic life coaching at the University of Sedona. After working in various positions in the field of education for over 15 years, Ms. Franklin realized that her career interests were changing, and we're going to talk about that today because she's definitely made a major transformation. She's also the author of the book, I'm Not Crazy, Just Menopausal, which happens to be a wonderful empowerment book on menopause for, from an African-American woman's perspective. So once we take this short break, we're going to come right back and hear from none other than our phenomenal guest today. I can't wait for you to talk to her, Miss Jamila Franklin. Stay tuned. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Permal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebatygroup.com. That's T H E B A T I E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at Thank you so much for inviting me. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, I, I'm fascinated by your background. We talked about that, had a great uh, conversation this weekend, and so we we definitely want to get into that. And uh, just to ask you to tell us first where you grew up and and how you got started, left um, the field that you left or merged it into a non-traditional way of practicing. So just tell us, let's get started with where you're from. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. I like to tell people that I am a child of the universe and a child of the world because I've had the wonderful opportunities to travel around the world, but my birthplace is Memphis, Tennessee. And Uh I am the daughter of a wonderful, wonderful person by the name of Katie Mae Franklin who transitioned back in 2000. And she was my role model and my mentor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Katie May. So where was Katie May from? Was she from Memphis as well? No, no. <laughs> Miss Katie, as she used to refer to herself, she would always refer to herself like in a third person. It was interesting. <laughs> you know, she would introduce herself to people. Hi, uh, Miss K- this is Miss Katie. Miss Katie was from Coldwater, Mississippi. How and about that? Um, she was a phenomenal person. I'm saying this now as an adult. As a child, I really didn't understand the magnitude of how wonderful she was, but as an adult, I really see that because she overcame a lot of obstacles. And the thing that was really phenomenal about my mom is that she dared to dream big dreams for herself mm-hmm. or even bigger dreams for her daughter. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was um, at the age of five, she told me I was going to college. Now, I didn't know what college was because no one in my family had gone to college. I had a vague understanding of it, but she had enough information to know that that was something that she wanted me to do since she Mm -hmm. had not had the opportunity to go because she was um, a sharecropper in Mississippi prior to moving to Memphis, and she moved to Memphis, and I was a a late baby for my mom. I was a menopausal baby, so I came Mm. along when my mom was in her late 30s. So she had had the experience of having been a sharecropper in Mississippi, and then she decided she was going to move to the big city, uh, which was Memphis, Tennessee. So moving to Memphis, she decided that she wanted something different for her daughter. When she moved to Memphis, she became a domestic domestic worker. And she said, well, so I just asked my mom, I said, well, you know, when did you – graduate from high school. Now, depending upon the day of the week, I got a different answer. On Monday, (laughs) she graduated from high school. On Tuesday, she graduated from the eighth grade. On Wednesday, it was none of my business. So it was interesting. I could never get a clear answer from my mom. I guess she felt that the question was irrelevant, and how dare I ask her the question, because she was providing and meeting all my needs. So the question really didn't matter that much, and it really didn't in the larger scope of things. But I was just so impressed by that as I grew older because this woman who maybe graduated uh, from the eighth grade was able Mm -hmm. to instill in her daughter that the world was my oyster. And I took that concept, Deborah, and I ran with it. I saw myself as traveling the world at first through books. I, I was a voracious reader. I would read and read and read. And here I am, a, a little, not five feet when I was younger, about four feet, and I would take all the children in the neighborhood, and I would sit them on my couch in my mom's living room and teach them how to read. And I just had a passion for this. I had a passion to share share the world with everyone through through the books that I was reading. And I said, okay, and if they had any problems reading or whatever, I would teach them to read, and I was very, very patient with them. And I said, this is my calling. I felt uh-huh. this. I said, this is my calling. I want to be a teacher. Now, my mom said, no, you're going to be a nurse. And I said, <laughs> mom, I can't be a nurse. I don't even like the sight of blood. How am I going to be a nurse? So back in those days, children were meant, were not supposed to defy their parents. You were meant to be seen right. and not heard. So I That's paid a right. price for that. But <laughs> nevertheless, Jamila won out. Jamila was not uh-huh. a nurse because I didn't uh-huh. have a calling for that. But I just remember she was just so, so committed 
to making sure that I had the best that she could provide. And she wanted me to do far more than she was able to do. And she she told me, I never forgot this, and I tell this to my students at the college level because I, I teach at the college level now part-time. Um, in addition to my other interests, I tell them, I said, knowledge is something that can never, ever, ever be taken away from you. Never, right. ever. And she left that message within my brain. I, that, I mean, that was just burned within my brain and within my psyche. She said, your looks are passing. Beauty is, 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 is passing. You may or may not have money. You may have money one day and may not have money the next day. But knowledge is something that no one can take from you. And I right. never forgot those words. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it said that way, but <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say it the way I've heard it. I heard an old lady say about uh, beauty and butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. But it is. It is so true. You know, the substance and what you have. So, being you grew up primarily in the Memphis area, how in the world did you get to Cornell and Harvard? How, how was that transition? Katie Mae, what happened Katie. was that she was dreaming big dreams. Now, it came back to haunt her because she wanted me to go to college in Memphis. She wanted me to go to college, but uh-huh. not on the East Coast, that far away. It was so funny, too, what she told me. She said before I, before I decided to go, she said, suppose I die. You know, you're that far away. I said, Mom. <laughs> She didn't do the what's that the, the uh, red fox the Sanford Sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's almost girl, almost, Deborah, almost. I mean, because my mother could, could be dramatic, and I got some of my my dramatic antics from my mom. I mean, she was just, she was a wonderful person. So she said, "Well, you know, suppose I die," and I said, "Well, mom, you could die, and I could be sitting right in front of you here in Memphis. My staying here is not going to prevent your dying." And she, she mm-hmm. you know, and it clicked in her brain. Okay, that's not going to work. You know, I thought that would work. So then once I decided to to pursue colleges outside of the area because I was a voracious reader, and I said, I want to experience this place called the world. I want to do things that are different. Now, let me just do something since no one in my family had gone to college prior to myself. Let me just see what this this thing called the planet is, is about and the world is about. And so at the time, I was very interested in African-American culture and history and literature, and I was, and I was uh, very good in terms of writing. So I applied to different schools, and Cornell was one of the schools. And Cornell accepted me, and not only accepted me, I got a full four-year scholarship to Cornell. Wow. Everything wow. was paid wow. for because of my grades. And so I said, oh, wow, this is such a blessing. But I knew I couldn't have gotten there except for my mom. I stand on the shoulders of my mother. So I went to Cornell, and everything just, got, just started getting better because Cornell at the time that I went there um, mm-hmm. in, in the 70s was the number one school in the country in terms of African-American studies. Mm-hmm. Harvard, Harvard University that I later went to as a graduate student did not even have a program at that time. Cornell had a program, and it was a phenomenal program. So I said, there's no way I'm not going to Cornell. Even though my mother was a little hesitant about it and whatever, I decided to go. And once I attended Cornell, they had this other program, a study abroad program, that afforded you the opportunity to go to any continent of your choice if you had a certain GPA. And I said, okay, I'm an African studies major, majoring in African-American literature and also in African history. And I could speak Swahili because I was taking Swahili at Cornell at the time, key Swahili. So I said, let me apply to see if I can go to the University of Nairobi. I applied, was accepted. The school paid for everything. So I was there for six weeks, almost two months, and I went to to the University of Nairobi and received advanced credits. And I could have graduated early from Cornell, but I chose not to do so. But I had the wonderful opportunity to go to Kenya to go to Tanzania, and to go to Uganda, all expense paid. So Wow, that's incredible. And that was in the 70s. That was in said. the 70s. And wow. I, and the, the thing that my mom always instilled in me, though, is that when opportunity knocks on your door, take advantage of it because your blessing is there. And I think sometimes right. we're waiting for the heavens to part and for God to say, okay, Jamila, now step through right. the door. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But I'm one <laughs> who can always exactly. You pray for these uh-huh. things and they happen, but because they don't come the way you think that they should come, 
then you're right. hesitant. And also, right. at the time, I had um, my fiancé at the time didn't want to go, and one of my best friends at the time didn't want to go, and they were at first were going to go, and they decided they didn't want to apply to the program. But I didn't let that stop me. I went there with the study abroad program with people whom I didn't know because I saw that as, as a one once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity because I heard my right. mom's voice in the back of my head, you know, saying, dream big dreams. And so mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to step through this door, and I am so thankful that I did because those experiences are experiences that, that, that um, have really, really embellished my life, and I've done wonderful things because of that because I, I see no separation between the brothers and sisters on the continent of Africa. never have seen a separation in what we do here. The things... The craziness that we have here, there, there was craziness over there too. So I could see the connection, and I could see the common mm-hmm. bond. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Wow, that's 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 amazing. Um, and I, I know you had mentioned something, you know, saying that your mom, even though she she instilled that into you of of going, do it, always take it, advantage of opportunities. She was still a little nervous oh, yeah, for you when, going. Oh yeah, when yeah. I went to to the continent, you know, because of stereotypes, and still. Some people yes. say that I'm black, I'm not African, that's a sweetheart. Yes, right. you are. Yes, you are. Right. <laughs> you know? right. But right. my mom right. had these these uh, misconceptions. She was like, oh, you go over there, they're going to put you in a pot. And, you know, because she had those Tarzan movies playing right. in her right. head, the whole Tarzan thing. Right. Playing right. as mom, believe me, that's not going to happen. You know, right. those people are you. We are. There's no separation. And so when I went there, and, uh, and I went to the city of Nairobi. Nairobi is like New York. I mean, the streets were huge. And mm-hmm. I came back to tell people that all those stereotypes that we had seen in the Tarzan movies and all those other things that we had seen were de- definitely not accurate and were not true. So when I came back, my mom was like, she breathed a sigh of relief. Okay, she came back. She came back in one piece. <laughs> so I guess it's okay. But um, okay. so she, she looked at me, and she could see that those things that she had been told were not true. Wow. So now you, you went to Cornell undergraduate, and you make your way to Harvard as well um, for your graduate training. And what did you what did you study there? You were doing the education um, master's there? Right. What happened is mm-hmm. that I, I went to Cornell, and I decided that I would major in African-American literature and in mm-hmm. English because – I'm a teacher at heart. So I said, okay, let me teach. And then when I got to Boston, I, th- I said, okay, let me go to Boston to see what Boston has to offer. And I taught for a moment. And then I said, okay, I'm really not interested in teaching in public schools, you know, in a classroom mm-hmm. like that. I said, I think that I would be, my, my skills would be better served in another kind of uh, area. And so I, what I did is I decided to go to Harvard to get my master's degree in educational administration because I felt I probably would be more effective as an administrator in any kind of uh, area in terms of higher ed as well as in uh, the public school setting. And so I I went there, and that was a wonderful experience, and I received my EDM. Harvard, I think, is one of the few schools that would give you an EDM, not an MA. <laughs> you know, Harvard creates its own degrees. They say, we're Harvard. We can do whatever we want to do. They can do whatever. <laughs> That's right. And people would say, EDM? What is that? It's a honey. Because in most places, it's an M-ED. Harvard is ED.M. So yeah. I went there, and I learned uh, the theory uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the, the the theory of educational systems and how you can make school systems work, how you can be a better uh, administrator and an effective administrator from the policy side. I learned a lot of policy things. So I took that information with my passion for teaching and my background in teaching, and then I was able to uh, be the administrator of one of the desegregation programs outside Boston in terms of uh, Braintree, Massachusetts. So I ran that program, a desegregation program for the whole town, and I had over uh, 100, about two, about 100, 100, 150 black students who were bused from Boston. Boston had its unique deseg kind of program, desegregation program. The mm-hmm. counties, the outlying areas, knew that desegregation was was on its heels. So rather than being mandated by the federal government, they decided out in the outlying uh, affluent suburban areas to open up their doors to these underprivileged 
students of color, primarily African-American students, and bused them from Boston into the outlying areas. And they wanted to have people to oversee those programs. So I was one of the directors chosen to see I one see. of those desegregation programs in, in an outlying area. And I did that for a while, and then I said, okay. Then I went into higher ed, you know, and started running uh, programs, counseling programs, um, academic centers, and then I made my way over to Harvard uh, Graduate School of Design, where I set up, I became the director of career advising, and I set up the first career advising department for the Graduate School of Design, which was a program for architects and urban mm-hmm. planners. So prior to my coming, Harvard is like this. Harvard, Harvard feels like if you go to Harvard, you would just automatically get a, a job. Your Harvard mm-hmm. degree means that you have a job. Mm-hmm. Not so, you know, particularly mm-hmm. in the field of um, architecture when I was doing that because building has stopped during the mid-'80s. And so it's kind of difficult for students to get a job. So what I did is I developed the program from scratch. That's one of my areas in terms of I would develop programs from scratch. People bring me in to develop programs from scratch or to rebuild programs that are in existence but that are on the demise. So I've developed the program from scratch, and I have the first ever recruitment fair and, 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 and counseling programs and all that for all the students. This was not a minority affairs program for all the students at the Graduate School of Design at Harvard. And um, wow. I also wow. was in charge of the international students. So I was in charge of all the students at the Graduate School of Design in terms of career advising, placement, counseling, and setting up job fairs and whatever. So that was pretty extensive. They had never had that in the history of the school. And then I left there and moved over to the medical school, and I became the director of minority affairs at Harvard Medical School. So I, I did recruiting. I was the only person who was doing recruiting for the whole medical school as well. But my specific charge was to target underrepresented students, which meant African Americans, Latinos, um, and Native Americans, recruit them to the school and uh, make sure that there were no discriminatory practices. And uh, it was just a minority affairs program. So I dealt with the student services side. And I was involved. So you have had a lot, a lot of experience with that. So now tell me, how did you move to the psychotherapist end? I mean, where did that come from? Because you 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 dealt a lot with the structure, and I mean that's amazing how you've been able to bridge that there. Tell us about the holistic part. How did you come to that uh, area? What I saw as an administrator is that I had very, Uh I had uh, strong administrative educational experiences and I was also pretty pretty good at the intuitive side in terms of counseling. But I felt mm-hmm. I needed to have a structured background in counseling. You know, mm-hmm. um I needed to have a degree to mm-hmm. support my intuitive feelings. When people would come in t- to see me I would be able to counsel them but I needed to I felt that I needed additional confirmation for confirmation uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and theoretical structure. So Mm -hmm. I went back to get another master's degree in counseling psychology. So in doing that, I said, hmm, I like this. I said, Mm -hmm. I like the way that this feels in terms of my being able to empower people and to Mm -hmm. take where they are and build upon their strengths. Because the counseling program that I went to at National University, which was also in Cambridge next door to Harvard, I was – it was – I – was interested in holistic counseling. So we had an Eastern philosophy. It wasn't right. the traditional Freudian approach because I said, no, that Freudian thing is not going to work for me because basically it was, you're crazy, and we're just going to try right. to help you cope with your craziness. So with the holistic approach, it's more humanistic. And it was right. based on Carl Rogers and Carl Jung, and it was based on some Afrocentric perspectives. It was Eastern. And it basically said, we're all born healthy mentally, mm-hmm. but there's some mm-hmm. trauma, emotional trauma, physical trauma, sexual trauma, that makes us become unhealthy. And I like that. That resonated with my spirit. And I said, that's true. I know that we're born healthy. When we, you know, when the Creator uh, blessed our parents for us to come through the, the mom, well, most of us are born healthy, but something happens to make us not healthy. So I took that concept, even though I was still working at Harvard 
in, um, mm-hmm. at the medical school as the director of minority affairs, I took that information and I said, hmm, let me open up my practice. So I started mm-hmm. opening, I opened up my practice part-time, and I focused on racism, um, focused on empowerment and self-esteem. Those were my areas because living in Boston, African-Americans at that time were less than 10% of the total mm-hmm. population. And there were some issues. I saw people really, really struggling with racism r- racism there and not knowing how to feel empowered and how to feel whole. So my philosophy was that we're whole organisms. And I took the African concept outside of what I learned in school. I just started reading. I started reading more about um, how indigenous people dealt with the human body, not just mental health. And in the African village, what normally happens if you go to see a person who's a healer, he or she deals with the whole person. The person doesn't just deal with the physical body or, or right. just deals with the mental body or the spiritual body. They see you as a to- total organism. It's a holistic approach. And I said, that resonates with me. So from my, and also from what I grew up with in terms of my mom and the black community, how we dealt with things, I integrated and I came up with, with my own model. I have my own holistic model. I came up with my own model, integrating traditional therapies and theories with the non-traditional, uh, the non-traditional therapies that I had seen, and then I made it like an eclectic kind of model. And I said, wow. I and, and when people would talk with me, they said, I connect with you, <laughs> regardless of race. It's like I connect with you because I start with them as being whole and seeing them as whole and, and, and understanding that the trauma that they experienced derailed them, and now they're focused more on the trauma. My goal is to get you focused on the wholeness and the wellness. The wellness. So when you talk about that, you know, we we I know we we spoke about it some this weekend too. The reasons we um, or people do not accomplish their health or, or their financial or personal goals, like you know, we we get to that point where, whoo, I'm almost there, and then something just mm-hmm. moves, or we 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 hear the terms, we self sabotage our right. success. What are right. your thoughts on that and how can you give us some practical information right now that some you know, some of our audience might be feeling that way? Give them give us some steps that we could help move in the right move us in the right direction. Well on one that. example is when we always make New Year's resolutions, right? There isn't a, right. probably a listener out there that hasn't made a New Year's resolution at some point in his or her life. We've all done it. I used to do it, we've all done it. And we have good <laughs> intentions. We're not doing right. it thinking, you know, I'm just doing it just to do it. No, we have good intentions to lose the weight, to to be more um, positive, to, yeah, to, be positive. Mm-hmm. To, to buy the house, to do all these things. Mm-hmm. We really, mm-hmm. really, because it's a new year and it's, fresh, it's a fresh start and new beginnings, it's called New mm-hmm. Year. So what mm-hmm. we do is we start focusing on those positive things. And so the first day we're really charged. Yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Second day we're still charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of the month, we start listening to that unconscious fear. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, Tamila. Mm-hmm. I don't really. Do you really think that you can do this? No one mm-hmm. in your family has gone to an Ivy League school. Are you sure? What makes you think that you can do something that the other people in your family haven't done? Who are you? So all those things, all those negative tapes that we've heard through the media, that we may have heard with our family, that we may have heard through close people whom we know, whom we revere, those tapes tend to start sounding louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. So that unconscious part of us is really driving the car. We think it's a conscious mind, like, I don't know why I can't do this. I don't know why. Because consciously, when you wake up, you're consciously aware of what you want. You're consciously aware of your dreams. But it's later on when you don't see the dreams manifesting. Then mm-hmm. the true part of us starts to come up, that part that we keep suppressed. That little girl is saying, I don't feel comfortable. You've never been out of the country before. You know, suppose something happens to you. All those things start, start to surface particularly when we don't see anything physical to counteract those fears. 
So what I do in my practice is say, okay, and that's what Freud, that's the one thing that Freud said that makes sense. That's the unconscious that's driving the show, that's driving the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, because the more we try to sublimate that or push that down, it gets louder and louder and louder. And sometimes, it, it, and we see, we start sabotaging ourselves. Like I tell my students, okay, they come to class and they say they want the A, but they don't do the work. They might go to the club knowing that the exam is the next day. So right. self-sabotaging. So now rather than saying, okay, I really deep down in my spirit didn't feel I could do well in this because my mom told me, you know, you're too old to be going back to school or you've never done well in school. Rather than my really connecting those dots, I'm going to get angry with the professor because she shouldn't have given a test. When I said, you knew the test was going to happen on a Saturday, (laughs) it was on the the syllabus. So we're not in touch with that because we're not consciously trying to sabotage ourselves. But that little voice in the back of us that is full of the fears and the insecurities will rise up and block us every time. So the way in which we can have that put to rest is to first say, okay, when we feel, because we can feel it in our gut. When you, you know, Deborah, when you feel that little uncomfortable feeling, like you're feeling anxiety, that's mm-hmm. when there's a disconnect. Because the spirit of you, which is the God essence of you, said you can do anything, but that fear says we can't. That's when you know, okay, I'm not on board. I'm not on board with the true part of who I am. The true part of you, the God essence of you, says there's, anything is possible. But the insecure part of us becomes frightened because we haven't done it before. We're going out of of our comfort zone. We're doing something different than we have given ourselves permission to do. So even though we say we want to be the next Oprah or whatever, we sabotage. You know, we don't do the things that prepare us to do that. So what I'm now doing in my practice is I'm saying to people with energy medicine, which I do, which is very, 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 very innovative. And And what is that? What is energy medicine? Energy medicine is is, uh, a a modality that deals with energy because we're all energy for for the listeners. I, a lot of people probably have seen the DVD, The Secret, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And there's an Af- African-American version of it that um, called uh, The Hidden Self and um, by Nazir Ra, and they can go online to see that too, and I'm one of the people in that. But The Secret is phenomenal because it, it, it touches on everything I'm talking about. It says, look, there is a greater part of you that says everything is possible to you. But you have to understand this concept called energy. Energy medicine has us go beyond the mind. Because because I'm a psychotherapist, I tell people, traditional psychotherapy does not really work. It gets you to a point, but you keep playing those old scripts. So what I'm talking about, this goes beyond the conscious mind. It goes down to the DNA. It goes down to the spirit of who you are. Because there are those of us who have been praying, 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 and we say, well, God hasn't blessed me. No, God is giving us that, but because that little girl who's so scared, who's being threatened, who's feeling uncomfortable because she's being pushed out of her comfort zone, she's sabotaging it. So it's not that God has failed. It's that we don't believe because it's so far into what we've been led to believe. We say we want to be wealthy. Like, and I love your website, Wealthy Sisters. Everyone wants to be wealthy and prosperous, but we're not doing the things that can get us to that point. Because mm-hmm. it's like if, if if your spirit says, okay, quit your job, and I'm not telling people to do that, but if your spirit says quit your job and go out and do something different, oh, I can't do that. I have to hold right. on to it because it's a sense right. of security. That's what, and right. see, by your quitting your job, the next day you might run into somebody on the street like right. Ted Williams, the guy who is homeless, run into somebody who can say, you know what, you have – just the skill sets I've been looking for. Had you been working on your job, you would not have been out there looking for a job at the time that the person was looking for you. So what happens is that with this, with energy medicine, it clears away the blockages. Traditional psychotherapy, I tell people, it's not working for us in the 21st century because it's beyond the mind. It's strictly now about what are the energy blocks that are blocking us. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. energy medicine goes down to the core of it. What I teach people is that there, there are seven meridians in our body. It's, both, it's based on African and, and um, Asian medicine, medicines. And you have chi within your body that moves through your body. And what the chi does, when, there is, when we have a blockage in our body, it comes through as pain. It's going to be physical pain. It's going to be emotional pain. It's going to be financial pain. Or it's mm. going to be mental pain. 
And I said, wow. When I found that out, I said, oh, my goodness. And it's so true. And most of us, you know, we, we understand Tai Chi and some of those other things. And some of us who have experienced acupuncture, that's what acupuncture does. It releases the blocked energy at a particular point by using needles. Once the energy is freed up, the pain leaves. Mm-hmm. So we understand it on a physical level, but we don't understand it on a mental level, nor especially on a financial level. All the pain we have in terms of our, our lives will block your, will block your money. It will bless your mind. So now, now, okay, and we know that, you know, we have all a broad base of listeners, and this can be something that's like, wait a minute, what is she talking about? This is this not making sense. Is she talking some of that Eastern spooky kind of stuff? Uh, but you might have someone who's opening and saying, you know, this this is really, this. she might be onto something. What do you say to that person who is really curious and wants to learn more how to get deeper into what you're talking about? Is there a book that you would suggest there are um, for the, a new person? No, for everyone, even the people who think I'm talking spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. I came from Harvard Medical School uh, as an administrator, and I went there, you, you know, as a graduate student. Right. Harvard right. is studying this. This is in the Office of Complementary Medicine at NIH. So I'm not talking wow. spooky, crazy stuff. For the people right, who, right. who really need to, uh, to to see that what I'm saying makes sense, all they have to do is go to the NIH, the, the National Institutes for Health. They have a whole office confirming wow. everything that I'm saying. Emory wow. Hospital here, Emory University, has a department for Reiki masters to work on cancer patients, DeKalb Medical Center. I mean, I'm wow. sorry, DeKalb Medical Center. They have a whole department of Doctors are sending their patients to have Reiki uh, energy uh, directed and used on their cancer patients. Now, the thing Mm. that's unfortunate for us as African Americans, we're kind of out of the loop. Mm -hmm. A lot of our brothers and sisters from other races are on on board. They've been Mm -hmm. doing this for Mm -hmm. for years. This is Mm -hmm. nothing new. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Harvard is doing Harvard in 1993. Harvard developed a study. They said, okay, this complementary medicine uh, field is making a lot of money. We need to study this. They found back in the, 1990, in the early 1990s that I think about a billion dollars had been spent by consumers. They weren't poor people because people didn't have that kind of disposable income. Poor people didn't. Right. People were buying right. vitamins and coming to see holistic practitioners, doing everything that I'm right. talking about. And Harvey said, whoa. Right. You mean to tell me these people are going to see people and and they can't even use their copay and they're paying out of pocket? Huh. Right, right, There's right. There's something right. to this because right, most people right. are not going to see people unless they have a copay. A these copay, people, right, and they just do what the tradition, take what they tell us to take and those chemicals and all of that. And exactly. You don't even know what those things are. They say, try this, and they literally mean try this often because exactly. it's, it's you know, it's an experiment, it's, it's, and then you read the side effects later and come back after, you, you know, you realize that, wow, this has messed up my, my heart or this has messed up my liver or my kidney, you know. Exactly, and see, I love to talk to people who are skeptics because, see, I came mm-hmm. from Harvard Medical School. So right, right. I'm from the, what, as people perceive, the premier, you know, medical school in the country. I work mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. this is not someone who who was practicing, you know, folk medicine in her in her basement. No, and I went there. <laughs> so this is something I'm, I'm talking from years of experience and whatever. And as a matter of fact, physicians come to people like my uh, sister friend, Dr. Shea, who's a phenomenal naturopath. They come yes. to us because they refer to me us. to you, my physician. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she's outstanding mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. saying what they've learned is not working, and they're coming back. Mm-hmm to learn mm-hmm. the ways of their ancestors. Our grandparents did what I'm talking about. This mm-hmm. is nothing new. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. nothing new. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, allopathic medicine is the new kid on the block. We mm-hmm. used to have to go to people. You used to have to go to your garden and pull out something to work on healing the body and in the spirit. You know, people, we, we've done this. We've moved away from it, and we're now seeing that it just is, we need to work hand in hand with it. There's a place for traditional medicine, Western medicine, and a place for holistic medicine. So we don't have to cancel out either one. But in terms of the books, like I said, they can go to the NIH website. It's right there. Everything I'm talking right about is, is right there. 
I mean, so wow. it's bona fide. Wow. Uh, Emory University, DeKalb Medical, all these major universities, Johns Hopkins recently came mm-hmm. out with a study. So mm-hmm. all these universities are confirming what we already knew and have been practicing in terms of our family lines. And as my mom would say, you know, you go to school and you get certified. And we move <laughs> away from things that have been traditional in our families that have been worse. But we've been told, oh, that's witchcraft, that's this, that, and that. And I said, what's happening is these physicians, because a lot of them are friends of mine, will come right. to, to learn what our ancestors Already knew. Already uh, what knew. I, right. Already knew. When Grandma right. used to put those little smelly things on you, and you would stink, you know, you didn't get sick. Right. Right. You know, right. and you're taking right. all these drugs, which I tell my students, and they laugh. I said, now there isn't a drug on television that says it's going to cure anything. As right. a matter of fact, it tells you if you take this, you're going to be blind in the left you're eye. You're going to lose this, your left this, foot. This, you're going to be crippled <laughs> for the rest of your life. And we take it anyway. <laughs> you know, right. That's right. We take it anyway. Whereas right. all the things I'm talking about, we're working with God's, God's pharmacy. And you right. go out to your yard. I have my own garden. You go out there and you pick the, the herbs from your garden and whatever, peppermint tea, which will calm your stomach. You don't need Metamucil. You know, so it's right there in your garden. It's right there in your right. grocery store. And Harvard right. is other places now I say yes. Like I said, the NIH, they can go right there on the website and you, you will see it. You know, and, and the universities are saying there, yes, there's something to this. They're bringing in Emory, as a matter of fact, here in Atlanta, has brought in a traditional Chinese physician. She's, mm. on, um, she's one of their people that they consult with about mm. natural medicines. So these Wow, that's great. We're the great. ones who are late. We're the ones thinking, oh, that, no, everyone else is on board. So that's what oh, I'm doing boy. now in terms of empowering us. I'm telling people, mm-hmm. let me tell you, I was in those circles. I move in those circles. So I know mm-hmm. what's going on there. And I mm-hmm. want all of us to know we can heal our spirits, our minds, and our bodies. And when mm-hmm. we have those blockages, it shows up in our finances. Mm-hmm. It shows up in our bodies. It shows mm-hmm. up in our relationships. And mm-hmm. what I do and what Dr. Shea is outstanding in doing, she's phenomenal, is she works with the body and she works with the energy in the body and she does a lot of different things as a naturopath. I deal strictly with the mind and I deal strictly with the financial part and I deal strictly with uh, the spiritual essence, not religious, but the spiritual essence. So I deal with all that and show because the whole thing is, is when you're in alignment with your true purpose, your money will flow. When you're in alignment with your true purpose, you don't have health problems because when that spirit talks to you, when God talks to you, you listen. Then, you know, I I have my students laugh, and I said, you know, uh, wow, the devil made me eat the chocolate cake. I said, the devil didn't make you eat that chocolate cake. There was a (laughs) voice on your right shoulder that said, you know, girl, you better not eat that chocolate cake. You're going to gain 15 pounds. You you ignored that. You gained the 15 pounds and said, Satan made me eat it. I said, Satan didn't make you eat that. You wanted to eat that chocolate cake. You want to blame everything on Satan, huh? Right. You want to blame it on someone? I said, no. Just like Satan was on your left shoulder, according to you, God was on your right shoulder saying, you better not eat it. You ate it anyway. So I said, I'm telling people, take personal responsibility and don't beat up on yourself. You ate the chocolate cake and just spent a couple of hours in the gym or not. It's okay. Right. Well, we're going to have to take a short break. I'm loving this. We're live with Dr. I want to call her Dr. because she soon will be her, have that, that doctor. So I'm going to say Dr. Jamila Franklin, who is our holistic wellness expert today. Just I mean, just a powerful show. We have about 10 minutes left in the show. I want to take a quick commercial break, come back, and hopefully – Hopefully um, we can have time to take a few questions. So if you've got a question for uh, Ms. Jamila Franklin, please dial 347-838-9278. Press 1. Press 1 so that we know that you have a question. Or if you're live in our chat room, you can send a question there. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates Incorporated toll free at 1-877-894-0564 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net. Would you like to reach quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. 
Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803, or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. Yes, we are live and back on Wealthy Sisters. Want to make the major announcement of the day. Just want to let everybody know we are coming to a city near you, the PBW Maximizing You Tour 2011. It's complimentary admission, special guests coming, premium networking, giveaways, and more. Our limited, you must RSVP. Some of those cities we are hitting are Atlanta, Birmingham, Buena Vista, Chicago, Charlotte, Detroit, Las Vegas, Kansas City, Montgomery. We also coming to L.A., Hampton, Raleigh, uh, what St. Croix, Toronto. Just to name, it's like 35 cities between uh, June and October. So you definitely want to go to the PBW.com. The PBW.com. You can see, uh, click on the link that says the PBW tour, or you can call 800-917-9435, extension 804, that's 800-917-9435, extension 804, and if you're there on Facebook, on Facebook, you can go to my profile page, Deborah Hartnett, go to the Professional Black Woman group there, you will see the information, definitely you want to um, get involved, each city has its own website, those links will take you to it, the PB Maximizing You Tour, complimentary admission, but seats are limited, must get registered. We're kicking off uh, in June, June 13th in Atlanta, so we're looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome time to meet everybody, and uh, it's just going to be a great event. So our special guest, again, I tell you, uh, this this show, the hour goes by so fast. We have about eight minutes left in the show. If you have any questions, uh, please dial 347 Press 1 so that we know that you have a question. If you're in the chat room, also let us know there as well. But, Ms. Jamila Franklin, wow, you you were just sharing some phenomenal things about um, the Eastern and Western coming together, how there's a lot of scientific data out there for those individuals that need that, and how you've been able to help so many people. Um, You mentioned your partner, who actually is my natural path physician, Dr. Shea, I know you guys are doing some great things and have some phenomenal things coming up. What What is it that you all are working on together? We're working on having, for the first time, to our knowledge in the southeast in Savannah, holistic mm-hmm. wellness retreats. As a matter of fact, we have something coming up in June. We haven't set the date, uh, a specific date yet, but it's in the formative mm-hmm. stages, and we welcome people from all over the world, not just from from Georgia, but from all over, because this is a very new concept. Savannah is rich in tradition, and it's on the water. So what we're going to do is have weekend retreats once a month, starting on Friday evenings, where we invite women to come in and just to heal on the spiritual, mental, and physical levels. So they're going to have foot detoxes, and you know foot detoxes are the foot baths where they pull out all of the toxins from your feet, I mean, mm-hmm. via the feet in the from water. And, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then we're mm-hmm. going to have meditation um, sessions. We're going to have healthy food preparation, cooking. We're showing people how to prepare meals in a healthy way vegetarian style, and most people say, oh, I don't want to eat vegetarian food because it's nasty. No, when you do it the soulful way, (laughs) you know, it's more than just eating lettuce and whatever, and what we're seeing, because I teach healthy cooking to seniors, too, and the seniors that I've taught healthy cooking cooking classes to, their numbers have dropped dramatically. I had someone's blood blood pressure drop from like 150, I think she said, to 120 or something. The blood sugar dropped. Everything dropped when you started going to a holistic diet, so we're going to show people how to empower themselves in terms of uh, a better lifestyle through Mm -hmm. diet, through meditation, through relaxation. We're going to have some walking tours along the riverfront of Savannah, and I will be teaching Reiki sessions, and Dr. Shea will be teaching phenomenal tapping sessions, which unleash 
the insecurities within you and allow you to get to the levels you want to financially, mentally, spiritually. And so we just have a wealth of information that we want to share because between the two of us, we have over 30 years of experience. So we're not uh, Johnny Come Lately's, and she's a phenomenal naturopath. She's the best that I've seen, and I've been around for a while, but she's just phenomenal. And she's going to be there teaching people everything that she knows. And the thing that we do that's kind of different than when you go to a traditional physician is that we teach you. We want to be the co-pilot with you. We're not taking your power from you. Everything that we do in our practice, in our practice, her practice and what I do in my practice is to teach you what we know. So when you're away from us, you will be empowered and say, okay, I saw um, Jamila do this, and she showed me how to do this. She showed me how I can unblock my energy using energy medicine. Right. Dr. Shea right. showed me how I can have a healthier lifestyle by having vegetarian meals prepared in my home and how I can lower my sugar intake by using something like stevia, which is a natural sugar um, replacement, 100 times sweeter than sugar, but it reverses the insulin. Rather than spiking it, it goes backwards, and it's made from a uh-huh. plant. We show uh-huh. them these things, things that are in your grocery stores. We show you have, how to have a healthier and a wonderful lifestyle. The thing about us, Deborah, is that we want to bring joy back to people's lives. People are so stressed right. with the economy, and we have you shift right. from the things that are making you sad and depressed. And just to see that the world is a wonderful place, and right. we, we have to just shift in our right. You are so right, and I know one of the um, things that stuck with me when I first met Dr. Shea was that she said, we don't have to be sick. Exactly. And growing up in a household where my mom was sick and she passed away at a young age and I've, you know, seen a lot of sickness around me, she was like, you know, we really don't have to be sick. And that that stuck with me. Uh, it really, really did. So, wow. How can everyone get in contact with you? Well, I think you can get in contact with me um, on Facebook. I finally yes, listened yes, to we, we got to get on the Facebook. <laughs> you guys have to find her. Her picture is not showing right now because she's got it marked private, but we're going to help her with that. She's going to open it up, but you can find her under Jamila, J-A-M-E-L-A Franklin. Go ahead, befriend her. We want to help her build up her Facebook uh, account there. So you listening, please go ahead and do that. And then also you have a website that they can find you on. As well, I do. I have a website, www.oyendeenterprises. People are like, oh my, oh who? <laughs> www.o <laughs> as in orange, y as in young, i, n as in neighbor, d as in dog, e, e, another e, n, t as in Tom, e, r, p, R I S E S dot com. So it's enterprises. Okay, so O-Y-I-N-D-E, enterprises dot com. Right, with the there. S at the uh, end dot com. Uh, or they can uh-huh. call me at 770 8051. And then I also have my email address, they can send things to me at um, info at Oyende Enterprises. So info. same thing, uh, Oyende Enterprises with info, I-N-F-O, like information, I-N-F-O at Oyende, O-Y-I-N-D-E-E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S.com. And I will give them information about the upcoming retreat that Dr. Shea and I are working on. And we it's our, our intention to have them eventually monthly because we see a dearth of that here in the South, people going right. to different places in the country, which are wonderful. But we have so many resources here in the South, and we have so many wonderful things that we can share with our sisters and brothers from all over the world. Um, right, and we right. want to share that information with them because we have wonderful People like Dr. Shea and some other uh, people that we want to right, expose people right. to. 
Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on our show today. It's just been a blessing to have you share such awesome information. Congratulations to you for all the great things that you've done and continue to do. Thank you so much for everything. We want to thank all of our listeners who tuned in, all our family, friends, and and uh, fellow cohorts there in the chat room. Thanks again. And then also a special thank you to our producer, Ms. Renelda Marsus, and that we we're just so excited to have everybody tune in. Make sure you listen next week. We'll have another phenomenal guest. Be right back here, 12 noon Eastern time. If you missed part of the show, it's a fabulous show. you got to go back and tune in at WealthySisters.com. And remember, you can find us on iTunes as well. Continue to have a super day, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman. Turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister. And visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysisters.com.